0: Hi, it's Thursday night, end of the week And I'll try to do a Tfilah podcast, last one of the week uh, For which, we'll, as always, we thank Mishpachas Stefanski um, Next week, I'm short to uh, Sponsors So many, excuse me, if anybody's interested For this coming week I need to, for the Parshanda the, And the Haftorah uh, Would appreciate that But anyway um, Share with you a thought to be working backwards, <coughs> happens to be that I was learning this Gemara in because I'm trying to finish it for my father's yard site coming out I don't know if I'm going to make it because it's kind of long. The um, I try to do a bit every day, and happened to be on page 66 and 67. Some of them, and some of to be and there. They tell the famous story, uh, those who remember from the Daffyomi, not that I'm a Daffyomi person from the mid um, uh, of the story of the daughter of Nachdim Ben-Gurion. He was, perhaps you will recall, from Kamsa Bar Kamsa. Many will remember it that way. He was one of the three multimillionaires in Old Jerusalem. Uh, Nachdim Ben-Gurion, Ben-Siddi and uh, the other guy, Kalba Sebuah. Kalba Sebuah was the father of Akiva. Nachdim Ben-Gurion stopped the sun. He did righteous things. He stopped the sun for the sake of the pilgrims and so forth and so on. So the guy was loaded. And the Gemara goes on to say, famous Agatha, that the family lost everything and his daughter was reduced to, to, to um, eating uh, uh, kernels that she pulled out of dong or something like from an animal. Held his extreme hunger that led her to do the most disgusting things. And she herself was naked and clothesless. <speaking in Hebrew> He was exiting Jerusalem, perhaps at the time when the Romans let him go. Whatever. Raw from base being And she saw a girl who was, as I say before, collecting barley seeds from the Arab animal dung. No, you can't get more degraded than that. that's the point they want to make, the most degraded possible. And she used to be loaded. Um, Kim Charasso and the when she saw him, she was embarrassed and she covered herself with her hair. Or maybe she covered her face, whatever. And Armelo Rebbe Parnasani, give me some food. He said, Who are you? I'm the daughter of Rockefeller. I'm the daughter of Ben Gurion. What happened to all the money? The money's gone. And what happened to your father's? Father in law, all gone. she said, Do you remember the old days before the Roman wars when I was loaded and you were a big rabbi and you came to my chaseram and they asked you to sound in the ksuba as you do sometimes for big people? Right? Do you remember my ksuba? And he said, Yeah. It was a ksuba of a million bucks, a million bucks, a million dinars. Okay, so it goes on to say he cried and so on and so forth. So the Gemara asked a very good question, and that is why did he deserve this? It's the theodicy question why would somebody who was so uh, righteous as he seems to have been have his daughter so degraded? Okay, so degraded. Right, didn't Ben wasn't a big tzedakah? this guy was a this rich guy Nicodemon that's a Greek name Nicodemon um he was uh, his cousin to show and base matters when he would go to the base matters, which means it was a firm guy claim so to, I'll use modern terminology he used to roll out a big fancy plush red carpet for him and he didn't mind after he walked over the carpet so he shouldn't have to touch the ground God forbid. he would allow the poor to keep the carpet. You know what I mean? It wasn't one of these guys that say it's, it's expensive, roll it up. So if he was a nice guy like that, why'd this all happen to him? Now this is a question as I say before, that you can say all the time. Sadik were all over Russia with Tobler. You know, Moshe Rabbeinu and Malsane is asking God, you know, show me your face. I don't understand it. And you know, they shot Rolkan Wasserman and etcetera, etcetera. I I I know that. But nevertheless, sometimes the more indulges in this sort of theodicy speculation. And they said, he boy's name but this, he boy's name of that. Right? There are two possible answers. One is very interesting. The other one is just eh. Uh, one is, the other one is, boy, lei, 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 lei. so one answer is, the second answer, the one I don't like, is he could have given more. You know what I'm saying? No, he gave a lot of tzedakah, but he was capable of giving more. I mean, to tell you the truth, it's a good time. I wasn't there. But it's true that there's some people that are like heavy, heavy loaded. And if they make a contribution to a, a shoal or a school I'll say fifty thousand dollars, they're really capable of doing a lot more than that. You know, whatever, it's an interesting attachment. Uh but the first one is <laughs> He did it for his own covet. Not as he was showing off. Which foregrounds the issue of covet. Right? Like is it bad to ask for covet? uh and the shop, I saw somewhere somebody said look at the marshal so I opened it back it's a very interesting Marshall again this one page 67a and he says because I like you know for history so the lived in the 17th century he himself had a rich mother in law and she bankrolled his yeshiva but and by the way he called himself this is his way excuse me of giving his mother in law a cupboard because his name was Shmuel so-and-so, and he called himself Shmuel, the son of Idi, idols. Masha, Shmuel Adels, Really, Edel is not his mother. You know, like you call a girl today Idi. But uh, he said, I'm calling her like my mother because she bankrolls the yeshiva. Okay. That's that's a nice covet. Let's put it this way. He put her on the mat. We will always know throughout history the name of the mother-in-law of the Mashaal. You can't say that about Mr. Shonen. Let me put it this way. Tell me the name of Rashi's mother-in-law. The Rambams, the Rambans, the Rajwas, the Red Book. See what I'm saying? This is just interesting. Tell me the name of Vilna mother-in-law. <laughs> Unless you're a real uh, history specialist. You, you see where I'm going. Marashal, yes. And Marashal was, and I did a podcasting long ago. Like he's all the people's in a position to call it like he sees it. He didn't have to worry about any offending any big givers because the money came from the mother-in-law. And so he's saying that was like shalolish more worse. Notice he's interpreting the Gemara when they talk about this guy, Nicodemus Ben Gurion, that it was all but for but for covered reasons, in an in a not good way, right? In a not good way because you could counter and I would counter, and so would most people. Listen. Tzedakah is tzedakah. And when you help somebody, that's just an objective fact. So why are you trying to knock it? Right? Why are you trying to knock it? Um, but that's what he says. And then the Marshal goes on to say, for are plenty of people nowadays in Poland, in other words, in the golden age, he lived in the golden age of Jewish Poland. Mamish in the golden age. They make a lot of money in a crooked way. Oops. Oops, got interrupted, there. I'll start again. There's a lot of people make make a lot of dough. This honestly. What's the hell, Hashem? They rip off the game. Isn't that interesting? Here's a Marshall. In Poland, mind you. East Europe in the 17th century. And he says, people are making funny by ripping off the guy. Um, uh, and those guys are now the rich supporters of all the shoals and all the yeshiva's institutions. And they give big donations. You know, so they can be honored at the banquet, as we would say today. And of course, when you get the money, you get a big Mihabrah Leo Shame but Feris for a glorious reputation. The aims elements and the this distinct you can't fool God if you got the money dishonestly, if you got money through a the money is tainted and this Oisha will not have a kim, and it won't have a uh, melach salt. <laughs> I guess the same word, kin. So he's a, a speculating here, because none of us know, including marshal who was, not even Van I'm making that he was a, a wicked guy. He's speculating that maybe that's what it means. I'm going to be clear about that. But it's it's just struck me very interesting. I highlighted in my It's very cool. He raised the question of the COVID and doing things, um, including tzedakah, for the COVID. The reason I'm saying is because we have in the davening, not long ago, uh, we did Rosh, Rosh Chodesh. He asked for Chaim Shaloshev HaKovit. Everybody's praying. It's part of the formal ritual. Chaim Shaloshev HaKovit. Chaim Shal Parnosa. Chaim Shalot Zatsomes. Chaim Sheshi Yer Shamayim. Well, Yer Shemayim began. Vos Epis. The praying to God asking for Rosh Now this is the Yeroshans, which I believe was added to the Siddur only in the 1800s. I believe it's very late. That's my impression. Maybe it's, I'm it's, it's a fairly recent thing. However, it's from the Gemara, and it's the Seleuze de Rav. The famous Rav, like Rav and Shemul, who are told in Brachas, used to recite this every day at the end of davening, instead of Yihiratsan's. We have already and he had his. Right? Rav, Busser on the Tessayan on base, 16b, in Brachas. Rav, Busser, slow say, when Rav finished Damning Shemines, right? Hachi. of Right. So the famous Rav was praying for osha for wealth and That's just interesting. What's he want covered for? Uh, if you're chasing cover, it's no good. Right? Unless I'm wrong. And there's covered and then there's covered. And some is good and some is not. That's the interesting. what I'm saying is we have these themes in the prayer book sometimes. But when you focus it in a way that I'm suggesting, in my opinion, it, ca- it it should cause you to focus on what exactly you mean when you recite the words rather than simply say, Yeah, I'll show a covered. Now, what's really interesting, of course, is that it reminds one, it reminds me anyway, in the Perky Obis, the Azure, you know, and it's in the same mission in, in Perkiobas. Aza so Osha Sameh Bekalko and Aza Makhubad Hamchabis Sabrias. Says Osha Bakhab. Again, Aza Osha Osha uh And the other one is um Machabis I don't think I mean it would be very nice and very dialectical to say, and I'm sure somebody must say it when it says, in the dot, when Rav said, give me Osher a cupboard," he meant, let me be some b'chalka. I don't feel in my bones that's what he meant. You know, it's it's too PC. Get it? It's too PC. He's asking for Osher. He's asking for a cupboard. But what does that mean by Rav? And what are we supposed to learn from that? And it's entered our liturgy, and we say it in the davening. I don't think offhand, the S for covenant, which is interesting. Which is Interesting. You know, you ask for money in the sense of Barclay, you don't ask. seems a little grub. Give me of a covet. You ever think about this? It's, 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 um, it's a striking. Now, again, it seems to me that the key word over here, and this is what you think about, it, I, I believe, I think, that what you're supposed to have in mind, what he had in mind, because Rav was an aristocrat. Let's get this straight. Rav was a member of the royal family, you know, Riyadh a relative, Rav um, connected with Shkaloosa. Rav came from what you and I today would call an aristocratic background. He moved to Israel, and he uh, lowered himself and so on and so forth to learn by Riyadh Anasi as part of his biography. Nevertheless, he came from an aristocratic background. So he wasn't a nouveau riche. So in that case, um, I think he was trying to think about being classy. I should I were covered in the classy sense. So when they say, I mean, that is not only a moral business, which of course it is, but it makes you have a certain sense of class. The person who's rich, but it's not Samech who's always trying to grab more. And it's a pain in the neck to be around that person who's always thinking about the next deal. He's always thinking for the main chance and how he can get your money. And too often that turns into a situation where since you're not some Vechelko, you don't want anybody else to be either. And so, it better not be that I'm content, but this guy who's a lot richer than me is not content because that'll upset his world. <laughs> you see? And Rob was saying, I want Oshavah Uh I want this sense of self-ease Knows you pray to God to have the sense that I have enough. You can always use more. I'm not stupid, but you have enough. And more importantly, I should use the money that I have, and that was the Moore's complaint about Nicodemia. In such a way, listen to what I'm about to say closely, to excite admiration. There's a difference between an usher gaining admiration. And Usher, people are afraid of him, or they're jealous of him, or something like that. Back in the old country in Europe, the way it was in Jewish history was the rich people had a lot of power. It's true in the Gomorrah's time. And if you cross them, they could get you in big trouble. Um, in a lot of ways. Usually the rich people were connected with the Goyim. they did connections with the Gaish authorities. The in Jewish literature is full of cases where rich people got angry at schnooks under them and got them killed or beaten up or tortured or lost their jobs. And so a person like that walks in the shoal. I'm a regular guy. I'm going to give him cover, Not real covet. You understand? I'm just scared of him. So I'll flatter him. I'll smile and say, can I get you something? Do you need a sitter? And so on and so forth. That's that's the wrong kind of covet. Um, because then people aren't admiring you. They're not, they don't want to listen to you or defer to you out of a sense of positive admiration, but it's a negative of fear. Okay. You know, there are a lot of whales and barracudas out there. I'm just a little fish. I'd better watch how we operate. We all do this to some extent. You know, I don't want to be around that person. This person It could be dangerous. <laughs> what do I need for it? Um, in that case, you're not really giving the person covered because it was possible. You rather, have, you'd rather have he wasn't there. Now, contrast that um, with, whew, contrast that with, um, let's say, I'm just talking off the top of my head. Let's say the Chavetz Chaim came to town. Everybody wants to give him a covered, Not afraid of him. It's a positive thing. It's a sense of admiration. You know saying? It's a sense of admiration. You, The covet is generated by a positive sense, a certain awe, whatever you want to call it. That's a different thing. A Talmud Chacham should indeed conduct himself in such a way, since he's representative of the Torah, that he's not one of these tough individuals that people say, oh, he's got a big mouth, watch out, stay away from him. He should conduct himself in such a way that people naturally want to go over and show them some kind of cover or something like that, because you feel good when you do it. I've seen this by some great people in my lifetime. Not many, but some. If you ever saw uh, Moshe Feinstein at a he says people all running around to do this, and that, and the other. They're not afraid of him. They wanted to do it. They wanted to do it. If you know the Jewish history, I speak in a podcast many times. You know, the famous people, people would like to do it. Um, That's a covet. So that's a covet you have to earn through your admirable conduct. And what does the picture of it say? They say, That's the kind of covet of somebody who would give you covered. But you say like this He should do for me covered. I want to do for him. You understand? So it's very interesting. And again, if you follow this Marshall, this Gemara, Naqdian McGuroy didn't have that kind of cover. He gave her a lot of money. The, 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 the red carpet that they rolled down the street was the worst big bucks. And he was a nice enough guy to say to the porn beggars, you can keep the carpet and sell it and make some money and have breakfast and supper. All that is good. But it was done in a condescending way. You see? I'm light years ahead of all these people. I'm way above them. They can't afford anything. I can afford a million dollar a day, pays a hotel, and so I'm deigning to, to allow them to keep the carpet. You see, it's a it's a show off business, and the marshal says, "You see from the story of Dmitri Goryn, ain't Nothing remained of that money. You look around. The world is a funny place, and I've at least seen people. The family once upon a money and then they didn't. And sometimes it's not that way. I'll tell you one thing. I noticed from personal acquaintances. When they didn't have the money, they didn't have their friends. Used to be they had a social group. They all used to go out together. Used to invite each other for Shabbos. You know, things like that. And all of a sudden it's not. What happened? I'm the same person. It's the same nose and eyes. What happened? Turns out you were living in an illusion. You thought that they were giving cover to you, but they were giving cover to the money. Is that what a rich person wants? When Ralph said, I want a chan to lotu, be covered. Or when you pray, somebody would send me parnosa, send me oisha Plenty of people prayed, person cover. It's not really wrong. But you have to ask yourself, what do you mean by that? Does a person pray when they're doubting "I want to be so rich or something like that pal when I walk in the room they all be scared of me?" that's an unworthy prayer. you see if that's mean by covet, that's an unworthy prayer. If a person says, on the other hand, I want to covet I want to I hope good Lord, you will help me to conduct myself in such a fashion that I will excite admiration on the part of those that see me, by my conduct, that's fine. That's okay. You understand? Now, there's for forum to talk about covered. You know, the Silas Charm has great deal to say on the subject of covered, And, you know, he dissected it into all of its smaller elements and so forth. And he says, Kol Chavosov but the Misil was talking about the kind of cover that I just described before because he lived in the 18th century. And indeed, the Richie Riches used to dominate everybody else and make, made life miserable for them. And therefore, the cover was a Maduma. We have this to some degree in America because the movers and the shakers are the Richie Riches. And, you know, they're all the ones who control the organizations. And the little guy doesn't count. Now there's reasons for that. After all, organization runs on money. I get that, but the question is, how does a person feel inside? And so it just struck me, when we say this prayer or similar prayers as we do all the time, for us to be covered, you have to ask yourself, what do you mean, when you're asking for us to be covered? Do you want wealth, or do you want class? I think what you want is class. To conduct yourself in a way, as I say before that your conduct, the money may be part of it, okay? A rich person who goes and volunteers to help others, who can't help but see, look, they're doing it even though they're rich, or they're doing it because they're rich. It enhances, in that case, the quality of the act, provided they're not doing fresh off. There's a famous Jewish story from yesteryear <laughs> uh, where the guy wants to find an old friend, Yanko they heard he became the president of the community. He goes to the town to see him. He asked the first guy he said, "Where does the uncle live? Yanko that Khleri that mobser He lives up two blocks away. He runs to another guy Yanko that goslin uh, he steals from the widows and the orphans. he throws them out. He lives over there. there is the he's a notorious you know uh, uh, whatever uh, you know violator of rules <laughs> bad person. Doesn't get along with the children. Whatever. Unfaithful husband. Finally meets the uncle. He says, I haven't seen you in 20 years. Now you can rush a call. Yeah, how about that? But do you know what people are saying about you? Yeah, it's unfortunate. Why do you want the job? Be honest. I like the cupboard. <laughs> see? I like the cupboard. People people are like that. And sometimes you see it in show politics. I mean, it's, it's part of human nature. Let's face it, that's what Karach was into. When he cut, strip all the rest of it away, he wanted a job that the other guy had. You know, he wanted a job. So it's hard to, you know, simply make fun of it. But on the other hand, the story I just outlined, is very interesting, marshal who says, you can give big money to a or anything like this, it will not help you. If the money was gotten through dirty tricks. When he talks about cheating the Goyim, I don't want to say more in the podcast. I may even yell, but it's a, uh, it's a funny, it's interesting, I think of who's, uh, number one, rereading, and number two, and keep in mind, next time it's coming with Shodesh, I repeat, this is, Rob used to say this every day with Shimon Yisrael. That's just very interesting. He found it necessary to compose this prayer three times a day. Uh, you know, every day. So I guess he wanted to keep his mind focused on the right kind of COVID. That's what I surmise. But we all want to be a Bakovetic person, as they say, a respectable person. But at what point, you know, do you pursue covet or wealth and start sacrificing values? That is a, indeed a very interesting. A philosophical question and maybe it's easy for somebody to talk about it but somebody should talk about it Is this just a thought that I had once again I want to wrap this up and say everybody should have a good shop so I want to thank Mishpacha Stefanski as always and uh, see everybody next week for sponsorship opportunities or to support this podcast please visit our donate page at www.support.rabbidavidkatz.com.